welcome to the Vineyard Cleveland Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information and other resources, please visit vineyardcleveland.org. Cleveland, my name is Eben Brusco. Sarah said, my wife Sarah uh, and I are the co-pastors here at the church, and we just hope you feel welcome and you get to experience something of God's presence with us. Uh, it's good, good to go, but better to return, Yes. Always good to go, but better to return. So it's good to be home and with you, Jeff, and I missed you uh, very much and uh, throughout our time, and so it's just really good to be back. We got home, what time did we get home, buddy? Like midnight last night, so I'm still going. I think I'm going to like, I don't think the eight hour has like, difference has, hasn't hit yet. Sometimes it's like a, uh, thanks Jay, like a brick like a brick wall that kind of hits you the jet lag. Uh, but we're, yeah, we're, we're glad to be back. And this morning, we're going to continue our series in First Timothy, but with a little bit of a twist, because I really wanted to take time today and share um, stories, because we're invested in Africa and Tanzania in a really significant work, you guys. And we, we all are a part of that together. And I'll share a little bit of why... Uh, of what that means and why, um, why it's so significant and why it's so different from a lot of maybe missions, partnerships, or, you know, using that term loosely, um, because it's really a grassroots thing, and it's really empowering uh, indigenous Tanz- Tanzanians to plant kingdom churches, which is a really rare thing on the continent of Africa. So it's a really good thing for people, but we'll talk about that later. But a huge thanks to uh, Julie and Sarah. Uh, Julie, thank you for uh, letting me steal your husband for like a week. I really appreciate it. And a huge thanks to you guys um, for giving us grace to be out of the country for like a week. But I wanted to say that also. Okay. So um, I wanted to read 1 Timothy six eleven through 21 off the bat. If you had that and you wanted to turn there with me, Paul's talking to Timothy in, in chapter 6. Oh, also a huge thanks to Jay Torrance. What about Jason Torrance last week? Is that good? So, Jay, you're just such a blessing, man. Grateful for you. I missed you. Yeah. Okay. Um, So Paul uh, says this to Timothy in verse 11 in chapter 6. He says, But you, man of God, flee from all this and pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, endurance, and gentleness. Verse 12, Fight the good fight of faith. Take hold of the eternal life in the now and present. Take hold of the eternal life to which you were called when you made your good confession in the presence of many witnesses. In the sight of God who gives life to everything and of Christ Jesus, who while testifying before Pontius Pilate made the good confession, I charge you to keep this command without spot or blame until the appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ, which God will bring about in his own time. God, the blessed and only ruler, the King of kings and Lord of lords, who alone is immortal and who lives in unapproachable light, whom no one has seen or can see, to him be honor and might forever. Amen. 
Command those who are rich in this present world not to be arrogant, nor to put their hope in wealth. Wealth is so uncertain, but to put their hope in God, who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. Command them to do good, to be rich in good deeds, and to be generous and willing to share. In this way, they will lay up treasure for themselves as a firm foundation for the coming age, so that they may take hold of the life that is truly life. That little verse there, fight the good fight of faith, really stuck out to me this week while I was in Tanzania. And, you know, it's going to be, the talk today is basically just sharing with you all um, in uh, the work of the kingdom and what Jesus is doing in Africa and to do that in the context of stories because God is really doing a work there. And God is always at work in everyone's stories around the globe. And to visit Africa this past week with your blessing as a church family, you know, the week before we went, Jeff and I went to Africa, it was so sweet that you guys blessed us and you prayed for us and you said, you know, we're, we send you guys. You guys are going And how rare of a thing that is, truly, to have a church community, to be rooted in a church community, a family who is saying, yes, go. Go and spread the kingdom. It's just such a wonderful thing. And so the whole trip was covered by the presence of God. From the Sunday before when you all prayed for us to go, and the the flight ride home to Toronto. Now, we flew out of Toronto because we saved $400. It was wonderful. And then we drove six hours down to Cleveland, and we're driving home at like 11 p.m., and we're like, after traveling for 24 hours, and we're just like, we shouldn't have done this. We're never doing this again. We're flying out of Cleveland. Um, But even from the flight ride home, it was funny. I sat down in my seat, and Jeff and I are like always singing. We're those dudes. We're just like walking around and we're just like, nah, 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 you know, we're making up songs. And this old guy was sitting next to me and on, on the other row. And he uh, leans over and he's like, hey, are you a musician? You're like singing. I'm like, oh, I didn't notice I was singing. And he's like, yeah, you're singing. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> I'm sorry. He's like, no, no, it was good. He, he, said, he said, I just, I want to know where that comes from. And I was like, what are you talking about? <laughs> He, and so we got to chatting, and we chatted for like four hours on the flight. It turns out this dude, like, um, he's been a missionary in Colombia for, for decades, and then he's with the, the Christian Missionary Alliance and oversees, like, nearly all of the CMA churches in Canada. And I'm like, holy crap. I'm sitting next to a, li- a living legend in the kingdom. I'm like, all right, buddy, get ready, because I'm going to share my story, and you're going to tell me what I'm doing wrong, and it's going to be awesome. <laughs> And so I did that, and it was just so wonderful because then he said, you know, when I woke up this morning, I prayed that a young pastor would sit next to me on the flight ride home, and you are an answer to prayer to me. And I thought, oh my gosh, God, you are crazy. Jesus, Jesus, you are such a trickster. Jesus is so clever, isn't he? Because like eight months ago, you know, I'm having this little conversation with God, and it goes something like this. It's like, hey, Evan, do you want to go plant churches in Africa and, 
and see the kingdom happen in Africa? Wouldn't that be fun? I'm like, yeah, yeah, let's go do that, Lord. That'll be amazing. I'm all for it. And, you know, then three days before the flight, you're like, crap. I'm not going to be able to watch Netflix in Africa. (laughs) And then, like, two days before the flight, I'm like, shoot. I'm going to be away from my wife and my kids for, like, ten days. That's not going to be fun. And then, like, a day before the flight, I'm like, there's this really big blue thing in between here and Africa. And I'm going to be in this metal box 30,000 feet above the earth. You tricked me, Jesus. What am I doing? And after it was all said and done, I felt like the Lord was like, yeah, but she'd do it again, wouldn't she? I said, yeah, I would. And the cool thing about Jesus is that he's always at work. So if I would have said no, he would have found somebody who would have said yes. The kingdom's for everybody. And so fighting the good fight, this is what Africa felt like for Jeff and I. And there are a couple of different scripture points. I'm going to bring Jeff up in a second. But um, fighting the good fight of faith, wherever we're at in our lives, whether it's on the ground in Africa or at your nine to five, but fighting the good fight of faith and saying yes to Jesus at every turn is what I found it to be like. And in Luke 10, there's this passage that I really felt close to this week. Jesus is sending out 72 of his disciples. He says, after this, the Lord appointed 72 others and sent them two by two ahead of him to every town and place where he was about to go. And he told them the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. Go, I'm sending you out like lambs among wolves. Do not take a purse or bag or sandals and do not greet anyone on the road. When you enter a house, first say peace to this house. If a man of peace is there, your peace will rest on him. If not, it will return to you. Stay in his house eating and drinking whatever they give you for the worker deserves his wages. Do not move around from house to house. When you enter a town and you're welcome to eat what is set before you, heal the sick who are in there and tell them, the kingdom of God is near you. But when you enter a town and you're not welcome, go into the streets and say, even the dust of your town that sticks to our feet, we wipe off against you. Yet be sure of this, the kingdom of God is near. The kingdom of God is near. And then in verse 18, Jesus says, he replied, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. I've given you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and to overcome all the power of the enemy. Nothing will harm you. However, do not rejoice that the spirits submit to you, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. How good is that? I just felt like this week, that's, that was the sentiment of Jesus towards Jeff and I, and that's the sentiment of Jesus towards our church. That when we show up, Vineyard Cleveland, that Jesus sees Satan fall like lightning. Because we're a a church, we're a community of people who believe that greater is he who is in us than he who is in the world. We're a community of people who believe that we, we have the audacity to believe that we carry the kingdom of God within our chests. 
and that real change is possible and that transformation can happen and that the sick can be healed and that blind eyes can open and that deaf ears can pop open and that those who are oppressed by demonic spirits can be free and that those even who are dead can be brought back to life. Yes, even death itself is swallowed up in the victory of Jesus. Oh, death, where is your sting? We're a community of people who believe in the impossible dream of God over our city. Oh, yes, we do. We want to see the kingdom come more than anything else because we believe that the kingdom is the pearl of great price and at the same time, so are we, that Jesus did everything to get to us. And so this thing of the the pearl of the kingdom of God is worth everything from us. And so... That's what I felt like this week, that Jeff and I just went with open hands saying, we want to see the kingdom come. Lord, show us the kingdom, and we saw that. Jeff, if you wanted to come up, um, I wanted to share some stories. I don't know what we did with the mic, but um, the partnership is a really unique one, you guys, of which we contribute financially. And I hope that there will be more trips that we take together in the future to Tanzania. But what's so significant about it is this, that there are a group of Tanzanians on the ground in Africa who aren't just, um, it's not like, in a lot of missions contexts, the white man has resources, and the white man has money, and then just, and then pieces out, right? Not so in this situation. So Jared Boyd, who some of you know, he's written that book, um, about imaginative prayer for our children. He came and spoke one Sunday. Uh, Jared oversees the missions partnership for, the, for Vineyard USA here in the United States. And so Jared was there with us. Jared's a spiritual director, and he's the uh, director of Sustainable Faith, which is the spiritual formation arm of the Vineyard Movement, the Order of Sustainable Faith. And so what Jared is doing, his work there for nearly seven years, we're just coming alongside. And what Jared is doing is simply coming alongside of what God is already doing in the hearts of these Africans. So the phrase that everyone gets to play to the ears of an African pastor is so freeing, you guys. It's crazy. And the idea of silence and solitude that it's not revival culture. We don't have to hype ourselves up to feel, 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 but we listen to God in the silence is transforming these communities in the way of sustainable faith. So we saw Martin and his chicken farms. Martin is amazing. Dude is the most voracious learner I've ever met in my life. So what he's done is he's taken these chickens and grown them and he provides jobs for people in his village. He's got this big cement tub in his backyard, and he's figured out that if he drains the rainwater into the tank, which is about, what did he say, two Jeffs? Jeff said, how how deep is it? He said, two Jeffs. To you. you. In Africa, they called Jeff Joffrey. They spelled his name J-A-F-F-R-E. What? Jaffrey. We would say in Cleveland, Jaffrey. And so so Martin uh, drains the rainwater, and he has 10,000 little baby tilapia in his tank, in his backyard, which he grows from the little babies. 
and he grows them, and then he sells them in the community. Smart dude. Wonderful stuff happening. So, Jeff, what do you, what do you feel like you wanted to share? What was on your heart this morning for Africa? First, first of all, it was, it was one of the most incredible experiences that I've ever had. Um, just, it, it, like Evan said, it wasn't, it wasn't just a bunch of Americans coming in and, and providing hope for a bunch of African folks. It was us coming into our family. That, that's really what the Holy Spirit kind of laid in my heart the whole time, was that I have more in common with these folks. From an earthly standpoint, nothing in common. From an earthly standpoint, I'm in a completely different place of life. You know, a lot of these folks are living in, uh, com- you know, dirt floors and, and, and mud brick homes. And so there was this beautiful connection between Cleveland, Ohio, and Oringa, Tanzania. Yeah. Uh, it was just, it was just crazy. But do you want me to tell them about Friday? And we were, Yeah, let's, not yeah, yet. Not yet, okay. So what, <laughs> so what Jeff and I were a part of was a church planting conference yeah. for folks who are interested in planting kingdom or vineyard churches. Mm-hmm. So the name vineyard is weird in Swahili. It's not really a translatable kind of name, mm-hmm. which is interesting. So a kingdom church plant, what does that look like in Tanzania? And there were around 40 or 50 people who showed up and we taught throughout the week and there were workshops on chicken farming and yeah. there were workshops on poetry and there were workshops on worship and the kingdom. Yeah. And I shared on healing, and we went out and prayed for the sick, and that was wonderful. And um, so the conference was really great. Did you have any takeaways from the conference? Oh, yeah, and then Jeff wrote the theme song for the conference. So what's interesting is that this is a really big deal with Africans. Think about it like if there were the the World Cup, and there's like this theme song for the World Cup, and they sing it like all the time. They love it. To like remember an event by a song is like really important for African culture. And so Jeff just starts writing. You tell the story. Yeah, yeah. So we were, I did a couple workshops. One of the workshops, it was, it was kind of crazy. So we were, we were under the bamboo trees, which sounds as awesome as it was. <laughs> and uh, we're just, we're sitting under the bamboo trees. There's probably 25 people sitting around on little plastic chairs. And, um, and we're doing a little discussion. I said something, a breakout, little breakout session, three to five people. And me and the pastor, Arnold, he was interpreting. And we're sitting next to each other talking about worship. And he leans over to me and he says, so, so how do you write a worship song? And I said, well, I, I said, honestly, what I do is I just allow the Holy Spirit to speak to me, the emotions that I'm feeling. I put it in the words and I begin playing. And so I'm like, well, kind of like this. And then I wrote, wrote this song. Uh, and... Uh, and I, I, it was definitely the Holy Spirit. It wasn't me because I wasn't intending to do anything from it. And he gets this big smile on his face. And he's just like, that's our song. And I'm like, oh, no. Like, <laughs> no, it, no, it's I, not. I, I, I was like, I, so I, I just written like a little chorus. And, uh, Come to Oringa, God that I love. And then I went back to the hotel and, and I wrote the rest of the song. And we ended up singing it the last day. And it was just so beautiful. Uh, what? Oh, maybe later. Do it. Do yeah, it. we can yeah, do it real quick, it. I guess. Yeah. Do we need a player real quick? Sure, do we yeah, have... I do. Okay. This is the Cleveland premiere, you guys. One night only. That's right, one night only.
I should add, you know, while he's tuning, just um, that the, uh, the Mkwawa Vineyard, where we were serving, uh, very few, we've already donated a keyboard to the church, but what we noticed is that there's still a lot of need, and we're really blessed as far as worship is concerned here, as you may have noticed this morning, quite, quite happy with the, the worship community at Vineyard Cleveland. I think we're kind of spoiled in that department. Yes, they are wonderful. Um, so what we're, we're hoping to do is provide ongoing training for people Arnold identifies of, as worship musicians or leaders and meet with them once a month over WhatsApp or uh, FaceTime or whatever, just to train them and resource them. But also practically with like little stuff like cables, you know, like cables cost like 15 bucks and they have zero or like two that are frayed, you know that sometimes work and sometimes don't. So like little stuff like drum heads, you know, that we could purchase drum heads. They had a garbage bag covering the kick drum, Dan. Yeah. So we're like, hey, we can do that. We can like resource that. Why not? Why can't Mkwawa Vineyard have like bang and worship? Because Vineyard Cleveland says like, hey, we want to come alongside of you because we're partners in this. So anyway, you ready? Talk, talk, talk. I talk, talk, talk. Yeah. Come on, man. So good. Yeah. Um, so the conference went along, and we were we got to eat uh, mountains of ugali, and <laughs> which is some starchy thing that doesn't taste like anything. It looks like, but it's just kind of there. It looks like mashed potatoes. It looks like mashed potatoes, but it's sticky. It does not taste like anything. <laughs> Rice and beans and chips my eye. We got to chips eat. Chi- is that on? I think he's going to grab me back. Okay. Am I on? Uh, oh, okay. There you go. I it died on and we got there to we eat go. my favorite chips my eye, which is French fries with egg. All mass, oh, mashed together. Good. And then spicy good. ketchup. Chips my eye. My favorite. Yeah. And you guys, who would have known that the... Best Indian food <laughs> on the planet yeah. is in Iringa yeah. in Tanzania. This yeah. guy, Jeff and I felt like we were in a portal. I pr- was. He was Muslim. Yeah. His name was Jethro. He's from India. He's living in Tanzania. Like, yeah, like, and you like walk into his house. It's like this one-room restaurant. Yeah. And you sit down, and then you eat this chicken tikka masala that's just like... I'm like, who are you? <laughs> what is happening right now? I was so excited. We ate there twice. We ate there twice. <laughs> we kept coming back. He's it was like, the best chicken masala I've ever had in my life, and it was like $4. Yeah. It was great. And then um, we were so excited that we were like, Jethro, can we pray for you right now? Because there's like, this is like, you're, you're like an angel or something, the way that you're cooking this food, <laughs> for real. Like, you make me feel joy. So we prayed for uh, our uh, translator, he was like, would it be all right if we prayed for you? And Jethro was like, yeah, that would be fine. He kind of got a smile on his face. I think yeah. he, he liked having a seat there. But tell us about Friday. Then what happened after the conference? Friday, yeah. So it uh. was, So we were just, um, 
we were exhausted and it was great and wonderful. And so Friday we decided to kind of just walk around the city, pray for the city, meet up with Arnold, kind of have like a like an after the conference conversation. And so we're walking through Oringa. And Oringa is a, a pretty big city to give you guys a, uh, just a kind of an idea, like 110,000 people. Um, so it is big, but it doesn't feel very big because mm-hmm. it's, it's a mountainous region. And um, it, it's not like 110,000 people in, in, in a city in the United States. It's, it's kind of different. But so we're walking through the city on dirt roads and everything. And we come up to, we're kind of walking on our way to a cafe. And uh, a man stops um, Jared. Jared. And like, like kind of a lot of salespeople trying to stop people and buy stuff. And so we're kind of just like talking and waiting. And Jared's the most patient man. He kind of just always, he always would take time to talk to somebody, and, which is a great lesson uh, for, for me, yeah. DC. Yeah. So, he, so he's talking to this guy and we're kind of like, you know, hurry up. You know, we want to go, <laughs> go get coffee. We've not had real coffee in like a week. <laughs> We've had something that was called coffee, but wasn't coffee. It was not coffee. Uh, <laughs> And uh, we're like, we want to go get real coffee. So, so Jared's like, we're, we're thinking that Jared's done, and we're turning to go. And Jared's like, no, come back over here. We want to pray for this guy. And we're like, we're like, okay, you know, we're here to pray for people. So we kind of like mosey on <laughs> over. We're like, we might as well let's pray I quickly, mean... Spirit. <laughs> right? <laughs> like, we want to get coffee. <laughs> And uh, Jared's like, so this guy's dealing with uh, demonic oppression. And, I, and we're like, oh, okay. All right. So this is the real deal. And I felt the whole week the Holy Spirit was like, you're going to encounter someone that's filled with the uh, evil spirit and we want you to pray over it. And it didn't happen all conference because we're talking to leaders. And I'm not going to lie, I was a little disappointed. And so I'm like, oh, this is it. So, so. So he sits down kind of like in a ditch and we start laying our hands and praying over him and we just felt the Holy Spirit come and we just, we just, we bound this, the, the, the evil spirit in the name of Jesus and the, the guy starts like contorting and like, well, this, he this, started, he started yawning, yawning. He first. was like, uh, yeah. like that. And Jeff and I are like, what are you doing? What's, yeah. ha- what's happening right yeah. now? Yeah. And then he goes. He starts going like that, like just stretching. his fist, and we thought we we're gonna get punched, you know. I know. I was we're like, like watch oh, his man. fist, yeah. And um, and he just and and then we just we just we bound we, we bound the evil spirit in the name of Jesus, and we're just like like this this man, you know, we, we pronounce Jesus' name over his life, over him as a banner, and it was like all of a sudden he stopped stretching. And this big smile came over his face, <laughs> and he was just filled with the presence of God and the Holy Spirit. And it was the most beautiful thing because it showed us that this evil spirit was afraid of the God that we serve. There was, there was real fear in the, in the evil spirit. Um, not fear from us, right, but fear from this evil spirit because the God that we serve is big and mighty. And if an evil spirit knows that, then we should know that as, as people of, of, yeah. of the kingdom of God. And it was the most amazing experience. He, he lit up. He was filled with joy, like New Testament joy, like you read about. And um, it, was just, it was just unbelievable. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and there were a couple of different... Um, there are a couple of different instances like that. So yeah. we're teaching out of Acts 3. Um, one day Peter and John were going up to the temple at the time of prayer. At 3 in the afternoon, 
Now a man crippled from birth was being carried to the temple gate called Beautiful, where he was put every day to beg from those going into the temple courts. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for money. And Peter looked straight at him as John did. Then Peter said, look at us. So the man gave them his attention, expecting to get something from them. Then Peter said, silver or gold I do not have, but what I have I give to you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Walk. Taking him by the right hand, he helped him up, and instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong. He jumped to his feet and began to walk. So we'll pause there, and we'll actually do clinic here as well, because we believe that the scripture wasn't just for back then, and this is what just happened last week. So who is having problems with their feet? Is there anybody who has ankle or foot problems? Okay, so those around people with their, their hands raised, just go ahead and lay a hand on a shoulder, or if you feel comfortable to put a, a hand on the ankle, if that would be okay. If, if Jonathan and Jen, if you wanted to pray here as well. And just release, we're not praying, we're not praying asking prayers or begging prayers. We have the Father's attention. Peter and John say, look at us, yeah. right? They don't say, oh, oh God, if you're powerful enough. Right. Please, just some crumbs from your table. No, we have the Father's attention. And so he's here with us now. So we just worship God. We relax and we release what we carry. And what we carry is healing. And so as we read the scriptures, what was true 2,000 years ago is true in in our hearing today. And so we just release healing in Jesus' name over your feet and your ankles. And just as people are praying and just releasing over you, if you could move the foot or move the ankle and just try and do something that you couldn't, because that's the way we know, right? Try and do something you couldn't do before. And just let us know. Is there any change? Is it better? Is it worse or the same? Over here, Josiah, is it better or worse or the same? don't know. Try it. Well, the only way you will know is if you do something that you couldn't do before. So try and do something with the foot that you couldn't do before, that hurt before. Still the same? Worse or better? Feels better. Good. Thank you, Lord. We say yes to that. Even if it's just a little bit, we say yes. And then we keep praying. We'll see more. This is what happened during the conference in Africa. How about back here? Better, worse, or the same? Jonathan? Better, right? Doing something that we couldn't do. Nicole, better, worse, the same? Feels better. Okay, so we just say, yes, Lord, we continue. Continue doing what you do, Lord. In Terry's body, we say yes and amen. All that you have for her, Jesus. Just pour out your mercy. Thank you, Lord. And so what we saw in the conference was that when the scripture is read, it's made new in our hearing. The word of God is released. And this woman says, I have problems with my ankle. I can't move it. It really hurts. I limp around all day. It hurts. And as soon as we say, hey, can someone pray for her? This other woman, this young African woman over here gets this, I don't know, if her, she's just, her eyes light up. And I was like, hey, 
Can you pray for her? And so she goes over and she prays for Rose. And Rose, uh, Jesus heals Rose. And her ankle is made strong. And she gets up and she starts walking about. And she's like, it's good. We're good. We're good here. And so there's healing that happens in his presence. Good? All better? Feels better. Okay. Awesome. So there's that. And then Arnold's mom had cataract surgery like six months prior, and she couldn't see clearly. It reminded us of like when Jesus was healing people, and the one dude says, I see people, but they're like trees walking around. That was exactly it. And so then we prayed for Arnold's mom, and she gets, she's like 80. She's wonderful. Oh, I had her pray for me. This is like so good. She's this huge smile on her face, and she can see the tent from like, 75 yards away, and she just starts laughing, and Jesus, like, healed her eyesight. It was, like, wonderful. Yes. So good. What else? Am I missing any other stories? We ran into my, we ran into my father-in-law's friend at the cafe. From Pennsylvania. Yeah. <laughs> Super strange, right? We're, we're just sitting, we're sitting, at, we finally got our coffee, which is, I think, the reward. It's the craziest. For, the reward for faithfulness, the Holy Spirit knows. <laughs> What did you have to eat there? Uh, I had a Rolex. Rolex. What is a Rolex? Uh, it is basically just like an amazing omelet, but rolled up so into good. it. Rolled up into you guys, like a burrito. Ugh. If you ever get a chance to eat a Rolex, way way more affordable in Tanzania. Way more, I think it was like three dollars. It was not a knockoff. Anyway, it was sorry. Delicious. Yeah, yeah. So I no derailed one, you. I'm sorry. <laughs> Go, so we're go. sitting there, and uh, and Evan's rocking his Cleveland hat, and uh, and so like this uh, this gentleman um, is meeting with you know some some folks, and he kind of walks over and he goes, you know, you guys from you guys from Cleveland, and we're like, yeah, how did you know, you know, yeah, and he's like he's like well, he's like I actually live in Pennsylvania, not too far away, and then we're like ah oh, Steelers fan, <laughs> we're like we don't want to talk to you, he's no 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 I'm not a Steelers fan, I'm not a Steelers fan. And we're like, I don't know. Even 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 in Tanzania, we still have a rival. We're like, yeah, get out of here, get. And then we start talking about Baker. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, so so then he's like, no, I'm not a Pixar Pixar fan. I promise. And he's like, I'm from Greenville. And I'm like, Greenville, I'm like that, which is the city where my father-in-law was a pastor at. I'm like, do you know Tom Chicarella? And he goes, Tom Chicarella. He's like, that's my friend. I'm like, Tom Chicarella. That's my father-in-law. <laughs> We're like, what? And then we talked to him for like 20 minutes. Uh, and it was just crazy that, you know, uh, four airplane rides away uh, in uh, Aringa, yeah. in, in yeah. Tanzania, uh, we saw somebody from, from Pittsburgh. So it was cool. Yeah. Yeah. The other, the other story I wanted to tell is, I think for us as a people, that we carry something of wisdom in the prophetic at our church. I believe that to be a thread that was in place long before Sarah and I were here. But um, I want to encourage you to to show up to the the equipping weekend. And I really feel like Jason will have some insight from the Lord for you on how to hear from God. Sometimes we like to spice it up, right? And we're all spiritual and we're like the prophetic. He's a prophet. But basically at its most basic level is like, how do we hear from God? How do we hear his voice? And I think that Bless you. I think that 
that's something for our church as a whole. Not just yeah. the pastor, but everybody playing in that. Everyone gets to play, right? So we were getting, uh, we were getting little gifts for our family. And this one guy had these hippos, and Luca really likes hippos. So I was going to pick him up a hippo. And as he's like trying to sell me this hippo, I, f- I sensed that the Lord was saying, ask this guy about his dreams. And I'm like, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> I just want the hippo. <laughs> and then my heart starts beating fast, you know, which is like the Lord's kind of nudging of like, I th- hey, I thought I told you to do this thing real gently. And I'm like, all right. I'm like, hey, what about your dreams? And he looks at me like, like wide-eyed like that. And he's like, what, what do you mean? I'm like, yeah, for like the past three weeks, they're like really good dreams, right? And he starts weeping. And he goes, I stopped drinking three weeks ago. And every night he had been having these dreams and he'd wake up in the morning feeling happy and he didn't know why. And he just starts crying with this hippo in his hand. <laughs> And it wasn't because he just wanted to sell the white dude a hippo. Like, the Lord was coming. And so translation was a little bit difficult, so Arnold was right there. So I pulled Arnold uh, in on, on the thing, and I'm like, hey, let's just pray for you, Jonathan. And we'll just ask Jesus, like, what those dreams mean, because he's the one who's giving them to you. And what I felt was the Lord's heart for him in that moment was that, like, you gave up this thing that you were holding on to, right, in drinking or filling something inside of himself, and he gives this up, and the Lord gives him dreams in return and satisfies him. And so we just prayed over him and invited him to Mkwawa Vineyard, and it's just wonderful to see the kingdom go forward like that. It's really great. So we want to end this morning, but we want to make a space for folks to receive prayer. Yeah. I was just going to say, I, I want to second what Evan was saying, that th- there's there's no need for it to be weird, right? Like, the kingdom of God doesn't have to be weird. You don't have to get the EBGBs. You don't have to shout. You don't have to, you know, when we when we cast out the, the spirit from, from the demoniac, it was not weird, right? It may have been weird. It, sound, it sounds weird, but it wasn't like the movies. It wasn't like this thing where yeah. people were shaking, yeah. and it was a very... The Holy Spirit is a comforter, right? He's not the berserker, right? The Holy Spirit, <laughs> and I, I think that I think that we're tempted to act weird, right? We're tempted to, because if we don't act weird, maybe it's not the Holy Spirit. Right. But I want you to know the Holy Spirit, he's like the most normal guy, right? And so it's okay when you have the Spirit come on you. It's okay to, to be weird sometimes, but I think that it's 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 okay to also be normal. And like, you don't have to shake. You don't have to do weird things. When the spirit comes on you, you can be empowered by the Holy Spirit and just be normal and lay your hands on somebody and cast out a demon, 
right? It, it, it's not a weird thing. And so I think that if I had any encouragement for you this morning, uh, and, and like Evan, Evan was not like going through the streets like a crazy evangelist, you know, saying, if anyone needs prayer, ha, 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 ha. You know, it was none of that, none of that. Evan, I was doing that he like was, every day. Where every day. He was, he was being himself, just normal, chill, fun Evan, and, and he's buying a hippo, and the Holy Spirit, he's, buy, he's buying a hippo. It's a normal thing, guys. He's buying a hippo for his son, and the Holy Spirit whispers in his ear. The Holy Spirit whispers in his ear, and his, his chest palpitates, and then he ministers someone, and someone cries, and, the, and, and is blessed by the Holy Spirit. Not weird. It's, it's normal things. So if the Holy Spirit's ministering to you, it can be in a very calm way. And, and, and take that as welcoming and refreshing. That, that's, that's all I have to say about it. And I, so I think we'll just let the Holy Spirit do what he wants to do. So just come, Holy Spirit. He, um, and I don't know if he, I think this would be good for us. So what we heard is that we missed a wonderful talent show. On Friday night, for those of you who went, you guys said it was, like, amazing. Yeah. And he doesn't, he doesn't know I'm going to do this, so feel free to say no or not. But I, I heard there was, like, just this really special moment. And I wonder if we could listen, because I, um, I think this is going to be really good. I feel like this is where the Lord wants to go today. Manny, would you want to come up and do it? Hello? Okay. So Manny, he wrote this poem, and he didn't read it. He just meant he knew it. And guys, like, the night of the talent show, like, like, he took us somewhere, like, into heaven. It was just, like, what the Lord has done in his life is amazing. And so here, he's going to share a poem. <laughs> yeah, no pressure. <laughs> All right. Um, okay. Where there is grief, there will be hope. And if ever a hand is in need, know that I'll be holding on. Know that the peace that you've been dreaming of is the same everlasting love. Remember me when you're all alone. And if it helps you to sleep, know that I'll be looking on. Know that the peace that comes from above is the same everlasting love. When the darkness filled the urban sky and the tears went up in the corners of my eyes and the sun wouldn't shine for the pouring rain, I'd wondered if I'd ever see daylight again. When the stars protest at the moon's refrain and I told myself I'd surely go insane, and the earth kept turning at such an alarming pace, and I couldn't talk my heart out of joining the race. I remembered a time I couldn't close my eyes. I would lie and wait despair, don't know how many nights. Afraid to death that my chest would give way to the fear, I'd pull the covers to my head and I'd cuff my ears. An attempt to escape the deafening sounds of silence, an attempt to escape these nights and feelings of violence. 
And with death as close as it could possibly get, I heard a voice in the distance say, Manny, don't give up yet. Then suddenly the darkness gave way to the light and I threw off the covers as I closed my eyes. Just in time to feel your spirit wrap my body like a glove. And I knew at that moment that it was your everlasting love. That's it. That's it, right? That's, that's the good news, that there's hope for us this morning. If a few leaders wanted to join me up front, and we just want to create a space where you can receive prayer. And we're going to worship together. We're going to, we're going to worship together and respond to God. This is, what, this is what we do at Vineyard. When we feel the Holy Spirit moving, we respond and worship. And so-